Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody. Welcome to tonight's edition of Students for Better Future Radio. I'm your host, Doreen Finkel, and we are live. Hello, everybody. Welcome to tonight's edition of Students for a Better Future Radio. I'm your host, Doreen Finkel. And, folks, tonight we have a, a very interesting episode coming up. Um, we're going to be talking about a couple of things, but um, one of them is uh, is actually a word. It's called perseverance. And, um, and a great president that was associated with it. Um, and I'm going to have you guys guess in a little bit. And before we go to that, um, we're going to be talking about the um, Oregon shooting today. Uh, And I'd like to express my condolences to the families who who were hurt by this and and just everybody involved in this terrible tragedy. Um, And I'm going to read you a little bit. This 10 people were killed when a gunman opened fire at Oregon's Umpqua Community College on Thursday, forcing the nation to yet another mass shooting. Seven other people were injured, and the shooter is dead. Douglas County Sheriff John Hanlon told reporters that earlier estimates had put the number of uh, people hurt at a much higher rate. Uh, the shooter was twenty-year-old man, a twenty-year-old man, according to Oregon Governor Kate Brown, who ordered flags be flown at half staff until sunset on Friday. And Cassandra Wheeling, who's actually a student at the Roseburg campus, was in class when the shooting started, and this is what she heard. She heard a popping noise, almost like a balloon popping, um, and she knew something wasn't right, so she got down. She said all of the students in her classroom dropped to the ground and they huddled together behind backpacks and chairs and underneath tables. Uh, we locked the doors, they turned off the lights and whatnot, and that was her harrowing account. Um, again, I want to express our condolences to everyone involved in this tragedy. Um, and uh, we we need to move forth on this stuff. Um, somewhere there has to be a line between something like this um, and perhaps those who are responsible for... Uh, for using a weapon in the right way. Um, but I do want to point out that people like that who do do the shooting, um, if they don't use a gun, they will sometimes use uh, a um, another weapon, such as uh, whatever it is. Um, so I, we don't always want to go ahead and blame 
that particular gun. It, it's the people who, who use it and how they use it. Um, so, folks, uh, let's see how this unfolds here and um, see where we go from here on that. And um, I want to bring up our guest tonight, Ed Baker. Oh, before we bring up Ed, I do want to bring up something that the word perseverance, um, and I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to see if our listeners can guess who this is. This man failed in business in 1831. He was defeated for the state register in 1832. He tried business in 1833, and it failed and his fiancée died in 1835. He had a nervous breakdown in 1836. In 1843, ran for Congress and was defeated. And then several times he ran for office, um, and he was defeated. Um, And then in 1860, this man, he signed his name as Abraham Lincoln. He was elected the 16th president of the United States. And um, the reason why I'm bringing that up is, number one, perseverance. Number two, he's had some in his life that he had to overcome. And um, let's bring on our guest now, Ed Baker. He's running for president. Welcome to the show, Ed. Thank you. Can you hear me? I can. Um, I brought up Ed Lincoln because uh, I I did go um, look on your website, and um, you also... I had some things you had to overcome, and but you have overcome them, and you you are now running for president of the United States, correct? That's right. Um, can you give us a little background about about you? Okay. Uh, well, I actually live in the state that you were just speaking about, Oregon, and I am a lifelong Oregonian. Uh, grew up in Clackamas. Currently live in Portland. Uh, which is Clackamas is very close to Portland, so I've lived in the same area my whole life. I'm 36 years old. I'll be turning 37 on the 9th of this month. And, uh, you know, just a typical working life. Uh, You know, right out of high school, I was working in call centers and uh, worked my way up and uh, into management positions. Uh, Also had some retail management experience. And uh, never a real interest in politics uh, in particular, but over the last few years, I've uh, become more um, involved, more aware, I guess, uh, of the uh, situations that are going on politically, and I just feel that I have some qualities that are uh, not there in some of the other candidates that will appear on the ballot, and I want to give the American people the option to um, you know, decide for themselves what what it is that they look for in their president. And if I meet those uh, qualifications in their eyes, then I am an option for them to consider. Um, a lot of our listeners Ed, uh, have been disgruntled with the Republican Party, um, and some, you know, some of the Democrats too. Uh, and I and I will tell you, in fact, it's it's, it's a lot of people have been disgruntled with the Republican Party. And what, what, so somebody like you could offer them an alternative. And um, so let me ask you what, what all of a sudden decided to make you actually get into politics and run for president? What made me decide to do this? Is there anything in particular? 
Okay. Uh, yeah, I just I was having a little trouble hearing you there. Uh, yes. Uh, oh. So one of the one of the things is that uh, I get very frustrated when I see like a State of the Union address, and as soon as the president is done uh, giving their address, the major media networks immediately will take you to a rebuttal from what they call the other side. So if you have a Democrat that's president, they're going to take you immediately to somebody that represents the Republican Party or vice versa. And to me, uh, that I just found frustrating, that you don't even have 30 seconds to take in what the president has said, to get behind anything that they said before you're immediately taken to a rebuttal where it's just this ongoing back and forth um, neighbor versus neighbor thing. And and I just... um, I'm somebody that I'm not a member of any political party, use terms like conservative, liberal, moderate, left-wing, right-wing. I don't know what those terms mean when it comes to a person in politics. I look at each issue individually. I try to learn everything I can about it before I speak on it. I'll say I don't know more than anyone that you'll probably interview that that would be running for a position like this because there's a lot to learn, and I'm, I'm not going to... Uh, just talk to talk. I'm going to make sure I, I have some idea what I'm talking about before I start giving my my uh, thoughts on those issues. And uh, so just because you disagree with me on one issue, and nobody's going to agree with me on everything, uh, doesn't mean that the next three or four important issues you're not going to agree with me on or that, that we're not going to have similar uh, stands on those issues. So I think when I see somebody that represents the Democrats or the Republicans uh, out of these debates, for example, What I hear is them saying, I'm going to represent this group of people and not this group of people. And basically, if they get elected, they pretty much are already saying that 40% of the country they're not going to represent. I'm not that person. I'm somebody that has a much better opportunity to unite people. I don't label them or try to find differences in them. And so that's one of the things. Another one of the big things for me was Uh, The events of September 11th, 2001 is something that I'm very passionate about. I do not believe the official story to be uh, very close to what really happened that day, and I just encourage people to do their own research and, and, uh, you know, uh, decide for themselves. There's a lot of stuff out there that they can look at and and, uh, draw their own conclusions from. But we've had a Republican and a Democrat as president since then, and both of them have said, Uh, words very similar to don't allow yourself to question the official story of 9-11. And uh, I do question it. I have done a lot of research on it, and it's it's nothing special outside of just what's out there, videos and and literature and and, uh, things of that nature. But, uh, you know, it's not like I I have a hands-on. What do you think happened 9-11? well, the the thing that I, I don't get into the, the great detail where somebody's like, well, they want me to tell them exactly who paid for it and how it all happened. But the two things that I that I would say, first of all, uh, that I ask people to look at if they think the official story is what happened. One is I don't believe that the towers, okay, you have the Twin Towers, World Trade Center 1 and 2, and then there's also building number 7, uh, which a lot of people don't even realize also fell that day. It wasn't hit by a plane. I don't believe that those buildings came down because of the fires that that they say is what caused the structure to weaken and and it all to come down like that. It looks to me, and and, uh, also working with the architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth, uh, they believe that it was controlled demolition. 
Certainly in the case of Building 7, it looks that way. And uh, and then the other thing is that the lack of uh, wreckage at the Pentagon uh, makes it hard to believe that a Boeing 757 is what hit there. Um, there's no fuselage. There's no, you know, there's just a lot of things when you research those two things. Um, that, that, those are the ones that to me are just very obvious when you research them. Um, some people will still come back and disagree, you know, and and, uh, and that's fine. But uh, the bottom line is that there's a lot of information that is secret from the American people where they, they classify so much stuff. And too often I think the American people are looked at as the enemy or as people that, that they don't want to know the truth about things. And that is something that I'm against. I'm, I'm uh, somebody that just doesn't believe we should be classifying things unless it puts our national defense or our military in direct danger by, by having uh, that information public. So, so, um, so going back to the uh, 9/11, do you believe that the the twin towers themselves were they demised by a bomb as well, or just the airplane? I think in order. Well, some some people that are that you know research this very heavily. A person named Dr. Judy Wood uh, believes that it was something more like a directed energy. Uh, obviously, I believe that the planes hit the twin towers. Okay, I'm not I'm not somebody that that has a no plane uh, belief or, or anything like that. Uh, but it, at the same time, I think that there were multiple. Uh, I don't think that that's what brought down the towers. So I think it was very likely controlled demolition with pre-planted explosives. Dr. Judy Wood was, and, and they uh, detonated this uh, at the same time the airplane hit. Yes. No, no, it was um, after. I'm sorry. It was after. It was yeah, hours after, later. After. Right. And so, that, so that's from so what that I've researched. That's been, what makes the most sense. Right. This could have been planned by um, somebody, uh, perhaps within our own government. I or, definitely believe um, that there are people that were on our payroll uh, that we, you know, elect or that we entrust to um, protect us. That, that we, you know, that, that we're involved in. And my thing is that, you know, I, I'm certainly not able to go so far as to say that, you know, the president knows or the vice president or, uh, you know, Donald Rumsfeld or, or whatever, inserting in these names. But the thing is, is that if a president came across information at some point or somebody, you know, up in within those uh, – uh, administrations, you know, had information after the fact that said, hey, the official story is not what happened. You know, we know that, that that's not what happened. Uh, and if they don't make that information public, to me, they are part of the cover-up. So I say anyone that knowingly planned, executed, or covered up the events of September 11th need to be punished to the fullest, no matter who they are. And so if I am elected, one of my big things is to have a real investigation and yes, there's a lot of evidence gone, but I'm sure that there's a lot of things. There's a lot of witnesses that were never called. You know, uh, President Bush and Cheney, uh, Vice President Dick Cheney, testified together off the record behind closed doors. Um, you know, and, and uh, so as you research it, you, you find things like that where it just wasn't a real investigation that took place. And so I want there to be one. I don't believe we can move forward as a nation until we get that one right. Uh, you know, the amount of deaths, you know, caused by it, the amount of money, the loss of our innocence and our freedom in a lot of ways, uh, it changed the world that day. And 
and I do not believe the official story to be to be true. So, and so, okay. Yes. So, so now let me ask you this: um, we we do a lot of um, you know a lot of our radio shows are are about different governments of the world, and um, we we have done some stuff on the Nazis, um, and the Nazis have done what you call staging of events sure. to get political opinion to do a certain thing. Right. Okay, so would you ha- happen to say that that's along that path? Okay. False flag so, or, so, yeah. Uh, okay, so now um, would you believe that that um, whatever happened that day, because then you, you had a series of laws passed, uh, you know, called the, um, the Patriot Act and, and whatnot, in which... Right. Um, you know, it, it allowed for uh, our security to be um, changed, and you know, and and uh, you know, when you go to an airport, um, you are pretty much—I uh, don't want to say stripped, but you know, you you are looked into, okay. Um, and and even today, you have drones out there. You know, you have you have a lot of things. In which privacy uh, can be invaded, and exactly. um, could, could it be along those lines that maybe the government that maybe something was staged so as to get a law passed? For sure, I, I'm I'm positive, or you know that that's my belief, uh, and and so I mean ultimately it seems that that a lot of this is about uh, control over the people and taking away freedoms. Um, you know, there's a number of things. I mean, the Department of Homeland Security came right out of 9-11. Uh, Patriot Act, you said, the TSA, the NSA, you know, whatever other alphabet suits you want to throw in there. Uh, but these are, are um, you know, just what you said. You know, they took away away freedom. Uh, then you got these government contracts that came out of this as well for Halliburton and, you know, these all this military stuff, trillions of dollars uh, that went into these wars and I mean, just uh, I have the statistics somewhere here, but I mean, it's you know, just thousands and thousands of uh, something like a half million um, Iraqis that died, you know, mm-hmm. as a result of that war. Uh, you know, we mm-hmm. we focus, of course, on our our own people, but I mean, there on on nine eleven, it's like two thousand nine hundred ninety six people that died, and um, three hundred forty three of those were firefighters. I mean, you just you know every. It, it becomes just numbers, but I mean, if you lost somebody that you loved in that event, you know, I mean, your life is shattered forever. And um, and so, you know, for me, it's it's something I'm very passionate about. I I think that the other candidates that will appear on the ballot will not touch this, um, you know. And and so, this is one of our differences. You know, this is one of the things that that I am uh, definitely fighting for. And and I do have a, a great amount of support from the. Uh, Community that that wants the truth to come out about nine eleven. Um, and since we're on on this note here, I do want to remind everybody um, again about the Nazis. One of the the incidents they staged was called the Gliwitz incident, and um, that was a false flag operation by the Nazis forces posing as poles on uh, August thirty first, nineteen thirty nine against the German radio station Slender Gliwitz in, in, in Gliwitz, Upper Silesia, Germany. 
and on the eve of World War II in Europe. And the goal was to use the staged attack as a pretext for invading Poland. So what they did was they did a staged event um, so that they can go into Poland and take over Poland. And this provocation was best known as several actions um, in Operation Himmler and a series of unconventional operations undertaken by the SS in order to serve specific propaganda goals of Nazi Germany. And, and then there was at the outbreak of the war, and it was intended to create the appearance of Polish aggression against Germany in order to justify subsequent invasion of Poland. Um, so, folks, this type of tactic has been also it's been used throughout history. Um, and it was quite strange that, you know, we we had this thing happen on 9-11, and then all of a sudden you had a series of laws passed, you know, and um, and, and I could tell you that one, one of them that I don't like, um, you know, is is that when I travel, and if I travel, especially with my family, but, you, you know, you go on those lines in the airport, you have to take your shoes off, I mean, you have to take this off, that off, I, I mean, you might as well just pass through the thing with nothing on. Um, but my um, son, the uh, one time, when he was um, going back about two years, and then I'm going to tell you this, uh, we had gone from um, Newark to... Um, uh, to the Bahamas, and my uh, nine-year-old son was actually pulled out of line, and and he was searched heavily. So, um, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't totally agree with ha- having your kids radiated like that. So, right. you, you know, you know, folks. So, I, I mean, but it it's com- comes in all ways. You know, you see drones out there. Who knows if they can go into your computer? Um, you know, and, and all sorts of laws. You, you can even get a ticket in the mail if you're speeding in a highway in New Jersey. I don't know how that, you know, how that came about, but unless you see and, and you don't even see a cop, by the way. They, um, yeah. And especially if you're, you're going through Easy Pass, um, they don't, they send your ticket and, and all of that in the mail. And what they do is they measure your speed from, from one easy pass toll to the next one. And so if they so they see when you log in on the tolls. And if if mm. they say you're going from one stretch to another fast, they send you your ticket in the mail. Mm. <laughs> uh-huh. So any anyhow, uh, okay, so folks so let's talk, so stick with our topic here. Very interesting topic. Um so I'm just curious, but do you you actually believe that this is our own government orchestrated this to to get the laws passed? Was there another government involved, or? Well, again, I mean, these are the questions where I you know I don't know. I mean, I just you know it's based on you know what I've researched and and things of that nature. So I mean, what I what I encourage people to do is that if you you know, research this and you say, you know, the official story just doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up, which is where I got to pretty quickly. Um, that's where we really need to be, you know. And then if, if people want to draw their own conclusions and whatever, uh, that's fine. But the problem is, is then you start fighting each other. You know, it's like you start arguing about those things. And the bottom line is that we should all be very upset that 
you know, if the official story isn't true, uh, you know, that, that this was able to happen. And we should be demanding a real investigation, the truth to come out, and those responsible to be punished. And I think if that happens, I think that the American people will demand their freedom be restored, that a lot of these uh, things that passed as a result of that, that, that they would be taken off the books. Um, and, and again, that's the only way that I see us moving forward as a country. And I think that this probably would have a chance to bring us more together than anything else, uh, being able to get on the same page with this. And Because you remember how united the country came on September 11th, uh, how patriotic everyone was right after that, flying American flags. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, everyone at that moment was ready to go to war because, you know, they wanted to punish whoever, were, you know, I shouldn't say everyone, but a, a lot of the people were, a lot more than, than a few months later were on board with it uh, or years later. And, uh, you know, I, I think if we can, can get this right, you know, and actually get the truth out, I, I think the people will demand accountability. And then I think I, what I see going forward is a much less secretive government. Um, and and I, think, uh, I think that the people that will start, being elected to positions will be much better representatives uh, of the people uh, than, than what we have right now. So I don't know. I mean, you, you draw your own conclusions. I, I try not to get into that detail. Um, because, you know, I, I just definitely believe that the official story is not what happened. I do not believe that the buildings came down uh, the way that they said, and I do not believe that a Boeing 757 is what hit the Pentagon. You can then stretch out and go, you know, it's pretty odd that a that, uh, terrorist passport hits the ground, uh, falls out of the airplane somehow, hits the ground and is intact so that they can use that in his bandana as evidence in the trial. Uh, And, you know, different things where somehow, uh, uh, you know, some things don't burn, but other things do, you know, and and somehow these things get, you can't find the black boxes, but you can find a bandana that belonged to one of the terrorists. I mean, so you just start researching. It's hard to even believe some of it, but, uh, you know, so it, it's a dangerous thing. You know, I mean, I understand that a lot of people don't want to touch it. You know, politically, it, it, uh, it, I think it's become more accepted now. I think there was a time where it was un-American to question the official story or, or uh, something to that effect. And I think people are just much more awake now. Um, and yes. and I'll, I'll close it out with this, just saying that if, as you're researching these sorts of things, when you start looking at the mainstream media and their history over the years of uh, putting out stories that are not true or, um, you know, flat out making stuff up. There, One of the examples is the uh, Desert Storm, I believe it was, on uh, mm-hmm. CNN's telecast, and the um, they were claiming to be, you know, in uh, harm's way there, and here they really were in Atlanta or they were, you know, somewhere here in the United States filming the, the thing uh, in studio, and I mean – and and this, uh, you know, the guy's, like, going through the motions, throwing on a gas mask like he's, uh, you know, really in harm's way and uh, and these sorts of things. And, and the films are all out there on this. So as you research, you know, many of these places, the BBC and many others that are guilty of this, uh, I can't believe that some of those places are even in business after that kind of thing uh, as a news uh, network. But, you know, you, just anything you hear, and I'm in Oregon, and, and you know, so there's shooting today. You know, I don't sit here and jump to conclusions that everything's a false flag. I think I would lose mm-hmm. credibility if I did that. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I I just say before you jump to conclusions, make sure, uh, you know, don't you believe the you first will... thing you hear. Yeah, don't, don't believe the right. first thing the media tells you. <laughs> 
right. So. And I, I do want to also bring up, uh, I know we talked about the Nazis, um, but uh, in ni- 1960s, okay, um, the U.S. Joint Chiefs of Staff signed off on a plan codenamed called Operation Northwoods. Northwoods. Um, yes, okay. And let me tell you what that was. It was Operation Northwoods to blow up American airplanes using an elaborate plan involving the switching of planes and also to commit terrorist acts on American soil. And then in that case, back then, they wanted to blame it on the Cubans in order to justify an invasion of Cuba. But the operation was not, carry, uh, was not carried out only because the Kennedy administration refused to implement these Pentagon plans. Yes. So, well, and as you, uh, as you read that even in more detail, I mean, it comes out to be very similar to what, what happened that day. Um, I believe it even had to do with smashing uh, planes into, into buildings and uh, the whole thing there. And, and uh, it, either that or, or it was uh, on a second occasion that a very similar thing was proposed and it was ruled out because it wasn't, um, wasn't realistic or, you know, they didn't think that, that it could be done or something to that effect. So uh, wh- who I listen to are the architects that, that understand controlled demolition, how buildings come down. Uh, so that's where the architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth come in. Uh, I listen to the pilots that have flown the planes that were said to hit the Pentagon and uh, when they say, look, it would not be possible to fly, you know, at a at a maneuver and, and a speed and everything that would be necessary to hit that spot, that um, they say it just couldn't be done. And then you got firefighters who were inside the building that did get out or their recordings, the ones that didn't get out, but the recordings have been released of what they said that they were experiencing inside the buildings. Many, many secondary explosions, um, you know, a number of things like that. Those are the people I listen to and, and, um, and uh, you know, where I base a lot of my, uh, you know, belief on, on this is, is what they're saying. And um, it just makes a lot more sense. So when George Bush said, don't allow yourself to question the official story that day, something clicked with me when he said it. And I said, wait a minute, you know, I don't one I guess I don't like being told what to do or what not to do. And uh, so I, I just, I just didn't feel it was right the way he said it. And, that's when I went right on, started researching, and the first thing I saw was a two-hour video from uh, Richard Gage and the Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth, and uh, basically I got hooked from then because things that, that were on that um, show there, the, the video, just made a lot more sense. And uh, from there, you know, it's been years of uh, spending a lot of time, um, you know, watching videos, reading things, and then going out and participating in raising awareness to uh, to this and again I always just encourage people to do their own research and decide for themselves but those are the, the things I point out um, so this is quite interesting here um, so uh-huh. uh, yeah, I, I do want to ask you I, and on your site um, you said you strongly believe in punishing the bad guys um, how would you do it yeah are we still talking 9-11 Yes. Uh, so, okay. Well, that, you know, I, that those who, who executed 9/11 sure. were the, somewhere in, in the administration, like let's say more than likely the Pentagon or the CIA. Right. Yeah, I just think that no matter who you are, and and this can be said of of police officers or anything else, but when you're in a position of account of authority, and you abuse your power, 
uh, I think that you, you need to be held to very high standards, and if you abuse your power, you need to face severe consequences for that. And so the same could be said for any of those people you just named, if it's somebody in the CIA, the Pentagon, um, you know, but how often is it that somebody blows the whistle on these people and the whistleblower ends up in prison and nothing gets done to these uh, people or that killed, are having the whistle killed. blown on them? So, yeah, so or the that, whistleblower that's gets my, killed. Yeah, oh, exactly. Okay. No, and, and that's uh, another and, thing, too, is that on the 9-11 thing on, on my website as well, uh, uh, I've got a page all with about 13 videos about 9-11. One of them is about people that – you know, were witnesses or were, were speaking out that did end up getting killed or died under mysterious circumstances, um, you know, and, and so these things do happen without any question. And, and um, but, but to answer your question, I, I think, you know, um, frankly, you know, some people are, are very against the death penalty. I can't imagine a, a, a case where it would be more warranted than, than this if somebody knowingly planned this or executed it or covered it up. And um, so, so would if that's this be the case, called treason? Would this be called treason? If well, they know no one we planned it. Yes. Sure. Um, so, and, and let, let me just go back to Kennedy for a minute. Now, knowing this, that um, uh, about the Operation Northwoods, and yes. all of a sudden, three years later, Kennedy was killed. Right. Yep. So, there's there's a there are a lot of things that he was working on or wanted to do you know with between that and uh, other disclosure uh, projects you know so d- different you know it's it's hard to say exactly what it was I mean this is one thing some people think that his uh, wanting to disclose things about UFOs or, or things along those lines that 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 may have had something to do with it but I think that there's no question that he was not playing ball. You asked earlier, are there other governments involved? And, you know, the term shadow government and and uh, things like that get used a lot. Uh, New World Order, whatever you want to call, you know, this sort of um, behind-the-scenes, uh, I call it an evil agenda, um, that, I, you know, that I'm trying to, you know, I, I'm certainly not somebody that, that would go along with that. So I believe that... Um, you know that I my my belief is basically your two choices that the media tells you about the Republican nominee and the Democratic nominee most likely at the end of the day are going to end up being very similar when they're president. They're going to have very similar um, people that they're representing, and uh, and so that that's one of the differences right there is that I don't have the um, I don't have any of that to worry about. You know I'm I'm. Uh, an individual, I look at each issue individually. I'm not bought and paid for by uh, corporations or, you know, any of that. And frankly, I wouldn't be running for president if I had a family of my own because I wouldn't put anyone else in that in that danger And uh, because this is dangerous. And um, I'm not trying to be a hero or anything like that, but, uh, but I'm as serious as can be, and I'm not going to, uh, you know, have a gun held in my head and, and be uh, and change for somebody, you know, I'm – I will uh, I will do what's right, and so that, that's why I'm trying to do this. Um, and, and yes, and I, I do want to mention, you know, because you mentioned this is dangerous, um, it's actually in violation of the Fourth Amendment of the United States of the Constitution, um, and that's which the right of the people to be secure in their person, right. persons, houses, papers, and effects, and anywhere against unreasonable searches, seizures, Mm-hmm. Uh, warrants, probable cause, supported by oath, whatnot, affirmation, and particularly describing in a place to be searched, 
and with property or people to be seized. So that's what you're talk what we're talking about here. We're talking about the Fourth Amendment of the, the United States of the Constitution. That's right. Um, so that's it. Right. So um And and then they go on to these debates and you have a, a Republican debate. I forced myself to watch the first one. Uh, only because I was mm-hmm. going to be on a radio show where they won my opinions on it. And uh, so I, I watched and saw Rand Paul and Chris Christie arguing back and forth one of the more heated debates of the night about uh, just what you just said there, you know, as far as things like uh, spying on phone calls and, and um, you know, things of that nature. And Chris Christie's response was that he wanted even more of that to be allowed. That, that, uh, and, and they seem to think that this is how you're going to stop um, terrorism or stop things like what happened today in Oregon from happening because every phone call is being recorded and monitored. And as much as as I hate to say it, look, you know, we got, what, 320 million people in the United States, and, you know, these things are going to happen once in a while. You're not going to stop every violent act from happening. And to me, I, I know I'm switching gears here now and talking guns a little bit, mm-hmm. but the the thing is, that you know the president today, and I, I'm not at all a fan of president bashing. I, I rarely talk about other candidates or the president by name or anything like that as I campaign. But today I, I was pretty upset, I guess, about, and it, it was very, uh, it wasn't at all a surprise the stance uh, that he took regarding the guns. And and I am a believer in the Second Amendment and and uh, the rights for for uh, people to bear arms. But the thing is, is that if I was president, the way I would look at this is, yes, it's a horrible tragedy. You know, we feel really bad for the the families of the people that lives were lost and wounded. The person that, that committed this crime is dead. They have been, you know, they are no longer alive. And And really, that's the bottom line. I don't see why we need to punish people that didn't do anything wrong because of the act of this person. And, you know, basically as president, it's either the fugitive is, has been, you know, apprehended or the suspect has been apprehended or they are at large and, and it's one or the other. And in this case, they're deceased, as you said at the beginning of the show. So, um, you know, that that's my thing on it. And, and I think too often we take advantage of tragedies. Um, I've heard the saying, never let a good uh, disaster go to waste or, or whatever, the you know, some term like that from, from politicians um, mm-hmm. Never let a good cri- or let a crisis go to waste or something to, to that effect. And I, I think that you know I, I would be somebody that would be respectful of the the family uh, members that lost somebody. It seems like our our current way that a lot of politicians are they want to parade them now out in front of cameras and catch them in their moments of you know initial shock and grieving and try to turn that into a, a political action campaign to to stop you know whatever it is that happened from happening again and uh, i've got a problem with with punishing people that didn't do anything wrong because of the actions of a few and um so well that that's right uh we shouldn't you know if if you want to go that route if you're going to punish you know everybody for the actions of one then you might as well be like the soviet union um, you know, or under communism. Um, and, and I've often said that about the First Amendment of the United States, um, which is of the Constitution, because that does protect pornography, believe it or not. 
And, you know, and, and it does, and, and I'll tell you the reason why, and, and a lot of people aren't going to agree with me on this, but I, I will tell you why, because you can't you stop an individual from looking at or doing whatever he or she wants to do. That That's the, the argument on there. Um, you may not like it, you know, but... Um, you know, I, I mean, that's that's the issue that we have with the First Amendment uh, on that subject. Um, so, and and it's and it, and any time you deal with the first the ten first ten amendments of the Constitution, that's uh-huh. called the Bill of Rights, by the way. Right. Um, with every one of those amendments comes it's all about freedom, but it comes with a great responsibility. And that's all it is. And they're there for a reason. The Second Amendment gives you the right to bear arms. Um, and the reason why that's there, because of, of uh, to protect yourself from, from an invader. And it's often been said in the past that the United States hasn't been invaded by a foreign uh, government because we have these arms in our house. So, you know, so... So that's the the analogy on that, and we may not all agree with it on there, but but that's the thinking of our founding fathers. Right. Go ahead, Ed. Do you want to weigh in on that? Well, I I certainly don't think that we should you know have to be. First of all, I'm a big believer in the Constitution, Bill of Rights, and freedom. Uh, I don't like that we have something called a free speech zone uh, needed to have free speech. Uh, I think that that's ridiculous. I think that uh, I I told you before that um, I mentioned a couple minutes ago that that the uh, you know I'm a believer in the Second Amendment. Uh, you know I, I speak about that, and a lot of my supporters are are um, you know uh, very much very passionate about that. And uh, one of the things that I say is that the day that they come for your guns, war has been declared and you are their enemy. And uh, I, I definitely think I, I am somebody that, that believes that there should be some form of a background check, um, basic, but, but something that would uh, make it more of a challenge for, for certain uh, people that have certain felonies or people that have a severe mental illness uh, to obtain a gun. But, uh, you know, other than that, I, I think that if you are comfortable having a gun to protect yourself and your family, I'd rather have good guys having guns than just bad guys. And um, and so you know that, that's I'm a believer of that. So um, you know I, I just uh, I think okay, what you let, said is right. So. All right, let's switch subjects for a minute. Um, you had also talked about Common Core, and um, you know, and and you had. So we need to end Common Core education, um, you know, and and I've often come out on that way too, um, because we uh, on this radio station we call it um, government schools because they, because this curriculum was developed, you know, with with a bunch of people and the government got involved, and the idea is why should the government be telling what you what your your kids should learn, and that's why we call it government schools. But the head that you talked about in Common Core, oh, and I want to ask you along that with Common Core, um, money is given to the districts, 
Right. Okay, so, and with that money, they use it in various ways. So how will you get Common Core out of the, the education system? Yeah, I don't how have all the answers. I, I'm not exactly sure how we do that, but I what my feeling on Common Core is, and and uh, and this is one of those where I've I've learned more about it lately than than I, you know the very first time I was asked. I didn't have any answer about Common Core, uh, and someone like yourself, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners, I would hope will you know get in touch with me that that have uh, strong opinions on on Common Core, any ideas along those lines. But my thing with Common Core, what you just said about the government's involvement. I would like to see things much more at a neighborhood level, a school district level, uh, where you know parents and, and the community are coming together to decide how they want their students, their kids taught, and, and what is their priorities and uh, things of that nature. Because I don't think too many parents are going to try to not, um, I don't want to say not push, but you know they, they're, they're not going to want the worst for their kids or, or whatever. You know they're not going to want to set the bar that low. Uh, my thing with Common Core is when I hear a parent say, I don't know how to help my uh, son with their homework anymore. I don't, you know, it's too, uh, I don't know, complicated or they don't understand it. Um, what you said, too, there about the money coming into the districts, uh, that that's, I guess, the incentive of why all these 42, 43 states have adopted uh, the Common Core uh, I, to me, it just looked complicated. You know, when I've seen some of the math problems that are like a kindergarten level or first grade level, um, and, and, you know, it's not just 2 plus 2 equals 4. Now it's, you know, you have to go through 100 steps or something to get there. Um, to me, it's like it just seems extremely complicated. And uh, and I just I think about myself, you know, that, that I, you know, I had to use flashcards uh, when I was, you know, in, in early grade school. Uh, during the summer, I remember my mom sitting on the couch with a stack of flashcards. This times this is this, you know, whatever. And um, you know, I I just don't know how I would have ever gotten through some of those things if if it was any harder than it was. And um, and I just feel for the parents. I I just uh, feel for the kids. What I would like to see, when basically a, a couple of things come to mind here. One is that I think the kids need to be allowed to be individuals and to be creative. And I, I think that we need to be more interactive and more hands-on and make learning fun and not the opposite of that, not harder and not, um, you know, to, to that degree. So what I would like to see is more encouragement in that area. And when I was in high school, we had a school where three of the three of our high schools could go to this one school for certain classes, and it was called a skill center. And they would bus us over there. Uh, and I took a class over there called marketing and management. And I was in that class for my sophomore, junior, and senior year. So they had other classes at, at that place as well. They had like an auto mechanic class, and I don't even know what all, but you know, all different. Uh, I think one was like a TV type station type type thing or whatever, uh, all different stuff. And what they would do is when they took a break, they'd get like a 10-minute break, and they'd come over to the store, and we would run a store from you know, out of our class. So um, so it was real hands-on. Uh, you, you, let me just take one minute here to explain it. So so as a first-year student, you uh, would you know do textbook stuff, watch videos, do normal classroom stuff, but then certain days of the week you would work in the store as a cashier, or you know one of the other things positions, and then the second year students 
also had classroom work to do, but then they would act as like supervisors, so to speak, over the first-year students. And then only a couple people like myself would go on to a third year. And at that point, you're actually ordering product for the store. You're doing, you know, different things along those lines. So for me, that was huge because I knew at that point I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I knew at that point that I was interested in marketing. And I was able to get a job while in high school and, um, you know, in call centers and work my way up in call center management positions. And um, and I think we just need more things like that, uh, you know, where people are actually getting getting on the job, you know, during school, getting actual, like, training and uh, doing real work. Um, and some people got internships or, or things where they would go to the bank or whatever and work from the bank as, like, for their class. And that was, like, their, you know, once a week or twice a week, that was what they did for their um, – credit for their class was actually doing a job and uh, shadowing, you know, or whatever. So I, I think we need more stuff like that. Um, right. And and also don't forget, you know, the common core, um, and, and I get a lot of this from teachers, is that, um, you know, who who is somebody from Washington to say what a child from, let's say, Wayne, New Jersey needs to know. Exactly right. A hundred percent agree with you there. And that's something that uh, Michael Howell, I, it seems like every time I do an interview, I bring up his name. It's kind of, but he's, uh, he's got a show himself. Um, and I've been on a couple of times, but he and I have become good friends. And, and uh, he brings that up a lot, that if you've met one kid from Arkansas, you know, you know, one kid from Arkansas, you don't know a kid from Seattle, Washington or Portland, Maine, or, you know, whatever, New York. I mean, so, that's a hundred percent agree with you that that uh you know if, if a person in washington d c saying that a kid from Arkansas, a kid from Portland, Oregon, a kid from North Dakota all um should be at that same um you know way of learning and and then the other thing too is just individual kids within these classes. I can't imagine that that this is uh benefiting. Uh, you know, it, it sounds like they're trying to make it so every kid is ready to go to college, every kid is ready to get a job. I don't get the how that is possible to you expect the lowest um you know ability or the person that has the hardest time learning or whatever to suddenly advance up to a level with all these other kids or others are going to have to go down to that level. I I don't exactly know how they think that that's going to work where everyone's suddenly going to be at that level uh and is going to be able to learn that way and and all that. So um I don't know. I mean, it's it's certainly not a perfect system. I I don't like it, um, and I, I just think we need to put less power in the hands of the government, the federal level, and I think we need to put it into the hands of the communities as much as possible. And and I think that in a lot of respects. I don't just think that in education, but I think that in you know just um, just in general. I, I think we need to look at our uh, you know law enforcement or or just our I just think that people need to be more active. To localize. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Because the people of that area know what's best for them. Right, and so and, what I know, mean by that too is... different areas of the country. Right, and, and what I Go mean ahead. by that, I guess, is that is that if you, um, you know, if you're being represented by, by people that pass a law that says uh, you can't have a lemonade stand in your neighborhood unless they have a permit, or... You can't feed the the homeless in in a park, which you know the, they've been doing for for decades, right? And, and then you find out that that this law is passed. I just think that more communities need to rise up and I call it stand up against stupidity, 
but to be able to stand up and say, wait, you know, this is our community. This We don't agree with this. This doesn't make any sense. This is not what we want. And I just think that, that there needs to be more. I, I would just encourage uh, that from a community level. And if I'm president, you know, I, I would encourage having more things be in the hands of the people at that level um, rather than, than just this top-down, I guess they call it, but, you know, being told that this is how it's all going to be. And um, I don't know. To me, it, it sh- we should have less government, and, and that what is there should be, um, you know, American people helping American people. And uh, it should really be about helping them to have goals and dreams and opportunities to achieve them and uh, not just living on, on – uh, yeah, I think a lot of people are depressed. I think a lot of people are sa- are are uh, stuck and they they don't see any hope, uh, and so they just are you know getting their government checks and whatever, but they're not having any opportunity to ever really make a better life for themselves, and they're just becoming more and more dependent on the government. And those are things I'd like to be able to get us away from. I, I'd like to have people uh, having something more to to look forward to and and goals. And uh, I know that's when I'm at my best. I'm a very goal oriented person. And, uh, you know, that's just how I always was at a, at a very young age. And so I, I just right. I just don't see it as much. And I think that comes back to what we were talking about with the schools is that I don't think kids are being allowed to be, um, to have dreams and be individuals. And, um, you know, now they get suspended if they, you know, uh, bite a Pop-Tart and say it looks like a gun or if they shave their head, uh, a girl, a third grade girl, I guess, uh, got suspended for, shaving her head uh, in support of a friend that had cancer, you know, and, and things like this, which to me is just, you know, pure stupidity and, and it takes away from people being able to have compassion for others or to be individuals. And um, I'll just leave it at that. But Right. Um, and also I want to ask you, because uh, you're in support of the Confederate flag, and of course so yep. are we. Uh, so... <laughs> So what would you do to make that, I guess, a nationally recognized flag? It, my my challenges are that, that so many things get changed, and then how do you get it back, you know? And, and that's that's the challenge, you know, what you just asked me about about uh, another topic a few minutes ago, so um, about getting the Common Core out of the schools and, and out of the neighborhoods and whatever. So, uh, and you could say the same with Obamacare and, and other things, too, that I suppose. But... Um, Look, my thing is that you I, I don't think the government should have put pressure on uh, the people within South Carolina. Again, they took advantage of uh, a tragedy where somebody went in and, and um, I, I know shot up a mosque or, or something to that effect, and right after that they, they came out with this thing about the flag. And, um, and so, you know, my thing is that most people – that are proud to have the Confederate flag and fly it and display it are not racist. And that's what they're trying to make it all out to be, that it's a racist thing. And, and I disagree with that. So um, my thing is that I, I don't believe one, it's okay to be you and, uh, and uh, it's okay for others to not like it. <laughs> and it's okay for you to continue to do what others don't like, as long as you're not harming them. You know, if with that, if you're going up and threatening someone's life with it and saying that you're, you know, going to kill black people or white people or whatever, then that's a, that's a whole other thing. You know, then there's laws on the book to deal with that. Uh, but as far as the flag itself goes, I'm, I'm in support of anyone that wants to fly it, display it. Uh, I don't think it's right to uh, label those people as racist or as anything else. Um, 
I just don't get these changes, why suddenly we, we change everything and, and why we get into this political correctness. Or uh, Another thing is that you have people coming here from other countries that don't want to be Americans. They come here and they go in some cases and they uh, want us to either apologize or, or erase our history from our history books or they want us to make accommodations uh, to make them feel more at home. And I have a problem with that. I think if you want to be a, here in America, and this to me kind of falls into the similar thinking with the with the Confederate right. flag, is, um, is just that you know, love you know be here because you want that, to be an American. Should, right, right. That um, and, and we should not cater to you to. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is, that, yeah. is, is, is that you know if if what they should have done is a person in California or Oregon or wherever. I mean, we've got opinions on this and and I'm a I've never been to the south you know but I'm a strong supporter of their um you know of of them believing their flag there and 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 uh you know feeling um proud of it and and wanting to display it and all this and that they shouldn't be called the things that they're called or accused of uh and and the thing is is that the people that were affected by this their voices weren't heard anyway it wasn't like it went to a vote of the people in the south or the people within these states and so my thing is if you're going to change a law or make something not legal or whatever that, that always has been, uh, that should come down to a vote of the people affected uh, that are in those areas. And so um, because without that, that's where resentment comes. And and um, so I have a huge right. problem with how it happened. I have a huge problem with the pressure that we always cave into, um, you know, somebody cries out about something and, and then all of a sudden it's you know, politicians put pressure on uh, these things happening and, and the voices of the people affected are not heard or, or uh, represented. And, um, and I got a problem with that. Um, and also uh, right now there's, there's close to, to 12 million, million illegal aliens in the United States. And um, now since we have that, they have babies and they have family here. And this is why they want to push for the open borders and and everything else, um, yeah. because uh, because once you have a baby here, then that baby is an American citizen. Right. So, I, um, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say I'm going to have to cut this off here in just a minute. Our, our hour went fast, but okay. I'm going to I will speak okay. on that real quick and and. Uh, you know, if there's ever an opportunity down the line, if, if your listeners ever, um, you know, would like to hear more of me, you know, I'd, I'd always love to be back, or or I will give my contact mm-hmm. info at the end of this if I may. But what I what I want to say is I take a very strong stand uh, when it comes to the illegal immigration situation. And uh, it's somewhat controversial, I know, but uh, I have no problem with anyone that comes here legally and follows, uh, you know, the process, and they want to be an American citizen, uh, and, and they do it the right way. I have a problem with those that enter illegally, those that jump the line uh, ahead of those that are waiting to come here the right way. I have a problem with those that overstay their their visa or their amount of time they're allowed to be in the country. And uh, and I also have a big problem with those that are employing or housing the people that are here illegally. So I definitely take, uh, one, we do need to secure the border. The exact way that that's going to happen you know, is up to some debate what would be most effective. I do think that some form of a military presence is needed, but the main thing is 
I want it to be less attractive for them to be here in the first place. I want to make it so that if anyone is employing them or housing them, that they are fined significantly, that they lose their licenses if they have to have a license to operate their business, and that if they, if necessary, right. that they are jailed. Okay, because right. that's um, a big Ed, one. They, yes. Okay, Ed, okay. We, are, we are out of time. Um, give us your website. EdBaker2016.com. Um, EdBaker2016.com. Yep. Right, that's EdBaker2016.com, correct? Yes. Um, and Ed, it was a pleasure having you tonight, and you're welcome Thank back you. anytime. All Great right. show, folks. Um, stay tuned till Tuesday when we have Shark Tank on, and also please go to uh, Students for Better Future website. That's studentsforbetterfuture.com. Um, and make a donation to the Tipping Point Contest. It's a contest where we are identifying college uh, students, um, and they're going to write an essay on the national debt. So, folks, if you can do that, that would be great. And, um, folks, we will see you on Tuesday. Thank you, and good night. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.